Hi, and welcome to episode 84 of No Crying in Baseball, the Barack Obama is the best baseball boyfriend ever episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I am enjoying this long baseball weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. Yes, it is. It is Sunday right now, and we are sandwiching this show between two baseball games that we actually get to go to live and in person. Oh, yesterday's was so much fun. Yesterday we saw a fucking complete shutout game by Patrick Corbin. I love him. I got points for that. And I love him. That's right. Whenever we're going to watch the Nationals and they win, you're getting baseball points. For the pitching, which is really rare, so... Thank you, Yesterday, and thank you, Patrick Corbin. The other cool thing about Yesterday, Captain Zim Marvel bobblehead. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you so much. We we just missed that. There was an angry crowd going after those bobbleheads. Yeah, y'all knocked me a little bit for going super early, but you know what? You were right. I was right. Absolutely (laughs) right. Let's remember that for Obi-Shan Kenobi Star Wars Day bobblehead. Right, and the other tip that we're giving to you confidentially to all of you listeners is go in the gate furthest away from the metro station. So that's like home plate, I think, because they had a boatload left over, actually, after the metro entrance was totally cleaned out. I'm guessing this probably works in all ballparks. There's one entrance that most people go to go to a different one yeah we're here for you another helpful tip for your friends at no crying in baseball on today's show i am sporting my orioles t-shirt for two reasons one is it's memorial day weekend and i wanted to honor that with the most patriotic baseball shirt i own and two i'm gonna talk a little crap about the o's and so i wanted to like still represent because i care i named my daughter for you guys i love you but come on all right What are we talking about today? We're talking about boyfriends racking up the hits. Yay, go boyfriends. Kristen Yelich is a model of cross-training in a couple of ways. A couple of legacies debuted this weekend, and Potty Mouth might benefit financially just a little bit from this. I hope so. The O's, the Orioles, are on the wrong side of home run history in a multitude of ways. We're going to talk about why Barack Obama is possibly the best baseball boyfriend ever in the history of the world. One host's opinion. Um, math is hard. We're going to do that with our um, with our injury list edition. Math is hard. And lastly, we're going to talk about the Shred Hate campaign. But first, a look at our boyfriends. Now, for anybody who's new to us and even for you older people, you know that our boyfriends are the guys that we're choosing in the offseason because they're awesome, not just on the field, but off the field. There's something special about them that makes us want to hang out with them, have a beer, have a talk. We like to check in on them a little bit every week. And um, and this explains a lot. So we, the one thing that we've also done with our boyfriends is we've created our fantasy baseball boyfriend league, at which I'm sucking a little bit and you're doing better than me. And I figured out why. I looked at the top averages. So in the top 10, first of all, Number one is out of the ballpark, not a boyfriend for either of us, although someone that we we slanged with the BMX boy because there was this crowd of Dodgers that looked like they could be riding BMXs and sort of sounded like it, like Cody. Yeah, Cody Bellinger. He's leading the league with a batting average of 391. And and for the record, he's he is a baseball boyfriend, just not ours. He's on one of the teams, oh, the kids team. Our, that makes so much right? sense. So the yes. kids and Cody can go riding off in their BMXs <laughs> for a long time. He's at three ninety one average, and uh, the the next best guy on that list is at three fifty one, which is Josh Bell of the Pirates out of nowhere, right? Out of nowhere for sure. Okay, so Josh Bell with the Pirates is on the Leftovers team. Hooray for you, Leftovers. 
last year he hit 12 home runs and 583 plate appearances. This year he has already hit 15 home runs in fewer than 200 plate appearances. Who saw that coming? So apparently the leftovers. Uh, so yay for you guys. You're not so bitter anymore. <laughs> But further down, so after you get top, number one, Cody Ballinger is way up there. So then you start looking at the rest of the top 10, and you have two guys. I don't. You don't? Tim Anderson was last year's White Sox boyfriend. I love him, and I regret having to lose him because he is one of the best boyfriends after, say, Barack Obama and Anthony Rendon. But he is not my boyfriend. He is also on the kids team because the kids know what's what. That's super interesting because I was trying not to look at ex-boyfriends and I forgot about that. I just like have been showing mm-hmm. so much love for Tim Anderson this right. year. He's been doing so many cool things. He's always worth a mention. Well, hey kids, you got him. He's number four, but you do have Michael Brantley, right? I sure do okay. and proud of it. So you're in the top 10. You've got Michael Brantley. I have nothing. Bupkis in I'm the sorry. top 10. I'm sorry. We go to the top 15 though. And check this out. I think I got all this right. Numbers 11, 12, 13, and 14. Huh. Huh. I Anthony know those guys. Rendon, your guy. Christian Yelich, your guy. DG LeMahieu, your guy. Gene Segura. My guy. Your guy. I got nothing. All right. Nothing in the top 15. All right. Let me tell you about these guys for just a second mm-hmm. because Christian Yelich is, um, of all the things he does well, currently this week he proves that he's excellent at cross-training. Here's how he cross-trained this past week. He went to a Bucks game, right? He went to an NBA playoff game. So that's cross-training already. He sat with a line, one of the linemen from the Green Bay Packers, Dave Bakhtiari. Okay, so Dave Bakhtiari is, um, is a beer chugger. So, he looks the part, too. And he's really super good at it. So, you know, because they're the brewers, right? They're Milwaukee. Yeah. There's breweries. There's a thing. He gets up in the crowd chugs a beer, and then chugs another one. And then he points across the arena to MVP quarterback of the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, who gets up with his partial beer, can't quite chug the partial beer. Sits back down, goes back to Dave, who then chugs a third one. (laughs) Somebody on YouTube did side-by-side, and the time it took Dave to chug three, Aaron only didn't even finish one. So there's that. But then the camera pans over, and who's sitting next to our football player friend Dave? Christian Yelich, who stands up and has got most of a beer, raises his arms to the crowd, chugs the beer, raises his arms again, sits back down, and everybody goes wild. So He had a nice chug. That's the only part of that whole scene that I've seen, and I've seen it repeatedly. He has a little bit of dribble coming off the chin, but overall, he downs the entire beer proudly. And, you know, he's a team guy. Like, he didn't go there to chug beer, but it was asked of him, and he delivered, because he he shows up when he needs to show up. So thank you for cross-training, Christian Yelich. Let me tell you something about Gene Segura real quick. He's got a 16-game hit streak coming into today. Holy shit. So yay for that. You think my team would be doing better with all of these great guys doing great guy things yeah if we go five more into the top 20 you don't have any more and i finally do baby doll david doll of the rockies who is not really i he's not on my my actual team he was one of the guys i profiled on the off season but i did not choose him for some reason i did not put him in the outfield i thought i had the hottest outfield but apparently not so much i think i know what it is fear of success that's it. I think you have fear of success. Well, can I tell you a great thing that one of your boyfriends just did? Oh, that would be awesome. And could it be one of my boyfriends in the outfield? It is a boyfriend it, in the outfield. It sure is. So um, this past week, Juan Soto, Potty Mouth's Nationals boyfriend, and Matt Adams, uh, Mr. Potty Mouth's ex-boyfriend, hit home runs back-to-back in the eighth inning against the Mariners. That's pretty awesome. But the reason it's historic 
is they both hit home runs off of pitches that were faster than 100 miles per hour. That's faster than you can register. I think you have to start your swing before they start the pitch in order for that to work. I don't know how that math works. But not only was it really awesome to watch, but it's the first time in the pitch tracking era when they actually timed this stuff very scientifically, which means 2006 and later, that this has happened in the same season. These guys did it back to back in the same game. In the same inning, In the same inning. That's crazy. Yes, they did. So hooray for your boyfriend in the outfield. That math I can handle. An inning is way shorter than a season. Yeah, sure enough is. Got that. So hooray for your boyfriend. Yay. Hooray. Maybe we have some boyfriends to be. I'm scouting at this point, looking at the youngins. Well, maybe not not really so young. Mike Yastrzemski. I should be able to pronounce that name I'm really guessing you might have clearly. had some practice in, in your past. Yes. Yeah, just a little bit. Yastrzemski. Oh, my God. Why do I know that name? The grandson of <laughs> Carl Yastrzemski, Red Sox player of my childhood, was just grandson. called up. Yeah, Good grandson. God. Grandson. I right. skipped a generation. Yeah. And he was ca- called up in San Francisco. He made his de- debut yesterday. Did not get a hit. Went 0 for 3 in a 10 to 4 loss against the D-backs. But he did score. He was hit by a pitch, and then he was uh, he went over a home plate because it was a bases loaded walk. So not much running, not much hitting. But he he saw home plate. And the the cool thing, though, is even though he's way far away from us in California, he was in the Orioles minor league system. And this Bowie Bay Sox, right? Bowie, Bowie Bay Sox. Uh-huh. And we went to see him at the Bowie Bay Sox. And I went with my dad. And I am, believe it or not, sort of shy in person around baseball players. And I've never been one to sort of push my way up to get an autograph. But Mike Yastrzemski was there. I was there with my dad, and I actually kind of used my dad as, as an excuse. I went over to him and said, "There, that's my dad. He's been a Red Sox fan for the past 86 years. Can I please have your autograph? Your grandfather was very important to us. So I have this. So I now have a value-added autograph. I mean, it would be cool if he does some really good things. This but... is good because you've got like college to pay for now. I totally do. Okay, so maybe well, maybe this will be used to pay off any loans because it's not going to really like, it's got to be a few years from now where the value kicks in. But yay, good investment. Yeah. Well, and and, and listen back a few episodes for when I got my my Ted Williams baseball. That's so right. this, this, the Yastrzemski name is kind of the one that I was missing. And at least I get it in some sort of form. So we need to tell our listeners that these things are all locked away in a vault off site. So no one comes trying to find you right right okay who else you got there is more news on the legacy front Kevin I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right Kevin Biggio Mm -hmm. Craig Biggio's um, son son first generation here asked Craig was in the Astros Kevin just came up with the Toronto Blue Jays where we know Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is so now we have two sons of Hall of Famers on the same team, which, of course, has never happened before. So now we have a new statistic for sons of Hall of Famers on the same team. Uh, they Unfortunately, Biggio did about as well as Yastrzemski did in the first two games. He went 0 for 3, and they got fucking clobbered this weekend by the Padres. So they lost 6-3 to on Friday. And yesterday, I remember watching the scoreboard when it kept going up and up and up, and they lost 19-4. to But I'm sure things are going to get better for Biggio, and he's going to talk to Dad and get some pointers. On the bright side for me... And the legacy side as well. So Cuban legacy, Lourdes Gurriel, who we talked about before. This who is Baby Pina. This is Baby Pina on my boyfriend team. He was on the bench. I didn't even 
um, dump him when he got sent down to the miners. I just benched him and hung on to him, so I am ready to put him back in because in those two shitty games for the rest of the team, he got a home run each time right after being called back up from the miners. So one legacy pulling through, and I'm sure Yastrzemski and Biggio are, are going to be coming soon after that. They will, and I'm going to do my best to try to help you to remember to update your roster. Yeah. So baby Pena's back on. More on that later. The Orioles, my beloved, my beloved hapless Orioles. Tiny violin on the side. Tiny violin. I know. (laughs) I know. That's that's totally fair. That is totally fair. So they made history three different ways this week. Go O's. Right. So let me tell you, they were the fastest team to 100 home runs, except it was 100 runs, home runs hit against them. Never before has a team allowed 100 home runs in f- only 48 games. You know, as shitty as the O's were doing last year, I thought, you know, it's they can't get worse, right? And the dare was thrown down yeah. and they rose There's to the, the occasion, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so the, so the next fastest team to giving up 100 home runs was in the year 2000. The Royals took 57 games to do it. So at least the O's are like picking up the pace, man. You know, they're modeling like efficiency, right? Totally. But there are so many stats out there. Some maybe just aren't worth keeping. Yeah, but you know what? They got to hang on to something. Well, how about this one? (laughs) It gets better. Well, it gets more. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't get better in any way whatsoever. So Glaber Torres of the Yankees has now hit multiple home runs in four separate games against the Orioles. Already? Wait, what month is it? It's 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 still May. It's still May, potty mouth. Okay, so he has hit 12 home runs total, 10 of those home runs. 10 of his 12 home runs hit this year so far are against the Orioles. So was this just a weird schedule and the O's-Yankees game were all front-loaded front, front loaded or something? They played 10 more times. Oh, shit. 10 more times. He's going to yeah. get into like freaking triple digits. I have no idea. This is going to be like logarithmic, exponential, big math words. It's going to be a lot. And if you can find clips of the local um, Baltimore announcers calling these home runs. They are so sad and yet so funny because they are left speechless. They have no more words. All their words have been said and they're left with, oh, hell. They're just bored. They're just bored. Uh, Here here goes another one. Okay, let's go to the Rockies because the Rockies were um, playing the Orioles and Nolan Arenado, everybody except for my favorite third baseman. And let me put out there, I do love him. Mm -hmm. I just love Rendon Moore. Everybody else's favorite third baseman, Nolan Arenado, hit his 200th home run. Yeah, against the Orioles. Against the Orioles. And here's one of the reasons why people love Nolan Arenado. And I do love him for this. He definitely is a boyfriend potential. Because he said, 200 homers is really cool. Um, I'm really happy about it. I'm going to enjoy it. Probably not today. I've got a day game tomorrow. But I'll probably enjoy it tomorrow. That is such a patty boyfriend. He's being responsible. Right? He's right? planning ahead. Right? And he knows, like, he's got to focus. So we'll put mm-hmm. that off till later. Um, the only bright spot in this whole thing for me is the O's actually won that game. Holy shit. They win really? sometimes. That's... They win sometimes. Not just at the beginning of the season before it actually matters. But, okay. That's enough. I love you, O's. I will always love you. Well, we can go on to another hapless team. Let's do it. We can talk about the White Sox. <laughs> Yay! Who are actually doing way better than I thought they were. And way better than the Orioles. They are doing better than <laughs> they are doing better than several teams. They're do, but doing better than two teams in their very own division. So that means They're contenders. They are contenders not despite really. the fact that they are not over 500. But they did a really cool thing last week. They got a triple play and a grand slam in the same game. And they beat the Astros 9-4 to four in that game. The triple play was so smooth. And it so was, rare. Oh, my God. Those are so rare. Yep. 
yeah, way rarer than a Grand Slam. But it got hit right to third base, right to Moncado. And he just stepped on the bag if he wasn't there already, threw it to second, threw it to first, round the horn. Beautiful. Beautiful. And timing, see it. timing is so crazy for that because these guys who are running are fast runners. And to get the ball around so fast is amazing. So, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It was spot on every single time. There was no room for error on that. Although the Grand Slam isn't quite as exciting, it's it's exciting for one reason. It's good. It, it's really good. I like. I love watching Grand Slams. It's not quite as like you were saying. Like the triple play is so much it's rare. Not as rare. Yeah. But this Grand Slam was hit by Charlie Tilson, whose name I had not heard before. And it turns out it was his first home run in the majors He's ever. Been, ever. He's oh. been playing for like 160 games or God something like that, but he has not hit a home him. run until now. And this like double, triple thing, double, triple? Well, Grand Slam is four. So I don't know. This lots of stuff happening combination <laughs> has not happened. <laughs> That's a catchy name for it. Let's go with it. Here we the go. lots of stuff happening statistic. Here it is. <laughs> I'm great with stats. So they're only the fourth team since the divisional era, which means 1969 when we broke into our current division form. Uh, After the Tigers did it in 2017, but before that it was the Mets in 02 and the Blue Jays in 1979. Former President Barack Obama may be the best Baseball president? boyfriend. Oh, okay. Sorry. I said former. Yeah. President. No, no, no. We still no. call him president. When you said best, I was saying president after oh, that. No. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that too. That okay. too. I'm just talking baseball boyfriend, but because um, okay. that's what our subject matter is. But we can talk to us another time and place about that. Here's why we think Barack Obama is possibly the best baseball boyfriend. He visited the Nationals Youth Baseball Academy. Wednesday. He came to visit their after-school program. We've talked about these youth academies before. We know more about the Nationals one because it's here in our hometown, but there are baseball academies in several major cities around the country, as well as other programs where where um, Major League Baseball tries to go out into the community to build up love for baseball and baseball skills, but also build around that. For instance, this baseball academy is is scholastic. It's homework. It's lessons as well as baseball and softball and other sports. So the former president showed up. He played some softball. He hit a double. He threw the football around. And this is one of my favorite parts of the story is he threw a touchdown pass. The kids went nuts. They didn't come hug him. They hugged the kid who caught the ball. That's awesome. Obama's That's beautiful. The whole point of this visit was to show these kids that they're important. He's not showing up saying, hey, I'm important. Look at me. He's saying, you're important. I'm here to tell you that you're important. And the kids get that. Oh, God, I miss this. Right? So he tells yeah. them later on, there's this great shot of all these kids taking a knee around him because you learn how to listen to your coaches and how you behave in a game setting. You take a knee when someone in authority is talking to you in a game situation. They took a knee. Their former president said, listen to your coaches. I'm looking out for you. You're going to do something important. Can you imagine having the former president tell you, I believe in you? I see in you right now that you are important and you're going to do important things. That's going to make a difference in a lot of kids' lives. So let me tell you some other things that happened at the academy. The news said, hey, isn't it cool that Obama also went shopping at the farmer's market at the academy? And I said, wait a minute. That is cool. They have a farmer's market. Oh, that's cool. At the that's baseball double cool. academy. And here's why that is. This academy is located in a pretty poor ward in Washington, D.C. There are possibly two grocery stores in this entire ward. And none of them are going to have like organic, fresh vegetables year round. 
out of a concession stand at the ball field. They run this year-round farmer's market. It's run by a woman who went through cooking classes at the baseball academy. Yeah, I just said that. Cooking classes at the baseball academy, because here's what the nationals are doing. They're getting the kids to come because of baseball and famous baseball players. But when they get them there, they're helping them with their homework. They're teaching them about nutrition. They're getting the parents to come in and stay. While you're here waiting for your kids or picking up your kids, why don't you take a class? in nutritional cooking, in other things, in skill building things. Why don't you shop for organic food in an affordable way, in a place that's convenient for you, in a place where you can't get this stuff ordinarily? How cool is that? And this is yet another reason why Anthony Rendon could be your forever third baseman because he's on the board and he promotes this actively. He absolutely does. And he and his wife um, donate a lot of their own money to this, which is very cool. And I suspect that other academies around the country do a lot of similar things. So if you're looking for places to volunteer or throw some money, take a look at what your local baseball academies are doing because they could be doing some things that you could really get behind. So yay for that. Yay for the former president. Yay for the baseball academy. Math is hard. Math is hard. And I've been confused for a long time about what 10 days means. And and I was following, I think I've said before, Carlos Martinez since the beginning of the year on the 10-day IL thinking he's coming back any day, but it wasn't happening. So I finally read something, believe it or not. I am so, out, you did homework. I did a little bit of homework. That's so awesome. To figure out what does 10-day IL mean? And we were talking about this a little bit at the game yesterday, and Mr. Potty Mouth, I think, has the solution. We need something called the short-term IL and something called the long-term IL because the numbers mean shit, really. Because you can be on the 10-day IL for way longer than 10 days. It's a 10-day minimum, mm-hmm. but there is no maximum. And then there are two other ILs that are options. There is the seven-day IL, which is only for concussions, and it is uh, required for anybody who's suspected of a concussion. And as soon as I read this information, because I don't hear seven-day very often, I got a little alert from my fantasy baseball saying Francisco Cervelli is, as of today, on the seven-day IL. I am very concerned. He has a bad history of concussions. Too many concussions are not good for you. This was his last year. I was really hoping he would get out okay. So the mom in me is very worried, and I am going to go check up on Cervelli right after recording. But that's the seven-day. And then you have the 10-day. And the thing with the 10-day, though, is that you're keeping them on the the 40-man roster. So they're available, right? Right. Yeah. So they are available in that as soon as their 10 days are up, they are ready. They can They can hop back in. It also means they can't be replaced on the 40-man roster. They're taking up space that no one else can use, but they are right there ready to go as soon as their 10 days are up if if the team feels they're ready to go. Yeah, which depending on your situation is an advantage or a, or a disadvantage. So if you know that somebody is going to be out for a long time and you need somebody to fill out that space, that's where the 60-day roster comes in. But you are committing to those 60 days. So that is your long-term IL. Like I think that that's a really good name. And the the, the risk or the danger that doing that means is that you're putting somebody else in that position who you will then have to remove from that position when the injured player comes back. Right. And what can happen, putting someone on the 60-day IL often gives people an opportunity they wouldn't have otherwise, right? Someone is hurt. They need somebody to fill in. This could be their big break. So it could be that when the person on the IL comes back, 
the person who was subbing for them may not be the one that goes. Somebody will have to go. It may not be the person who came up for them. Yeah, and that's where you can get into some painful decisions. The other thing about the time length is that it can be retroactive to the player's last game. So they say they played on a certain day and the next day they're feeling sore and then they actually officially get put on the IL the day after that. It can be the 10 day retroactive from two days ago, which helps to play with the numbers just a little bit. What I didn't know, and I can't believe my memory is this short term, is that the 10 day used to be the 15 day and that it was brought to 10 in the most recent contract, which was going from 2017 to 21. So I'm guessing it was 15 and like 16 or 15, but it's going back. Next year. So go figure. I like that. I like that, you know, they're going to protect the players a little bit more. And it's harder to use the 10-day IL frivolously if, if you're going to really restrict somebody for not coming back for 15 days instead. I think that that's a good point. So player-friendly is, is friendly with us. Last summer, we talked about an initiative that's created between X Games, ESPN, and MLB called Shred Hate. This is an anti-bullying campaign that involves curriculum for, from schools and visits to the ballpark and um, various appearances by athletes to talk about bullying and their personal experiences. And it's a whole range of things. Um, there's a, a group called No Bullying or No Bully, I guess, in Los Angeles that developed the curriculum. So they, they work off of that. Last year, this was piloted by the Nationals, the Twins, and the Chicago teams, both the Cubs and the White Sox. This year, the, this year's program has been increased to include Angels and Dodgers, Phillies, Pirates, and Rangers. The reason this came across my radar was they just did a program with the Rangers, and OutSports covered it. And OutSports took a look at the curriculum, which involves a lot of role-playing exercises for students to do, and noted that not one of these exercises addressed bullying involving LGBTQ kids. That sounds problematic. I wish I knew the math on that, but that's going to be a big percentage, I would think. It is a big percentage. I did a little bit more reading. And last year when Shred Hate was um, introduced to begin with, when it was first piloted, um, the Washington Blade newspaper interviewed Billy Bean, who's one of the who's MLB's representative for for Shred Hate, and they said, "Is this going to be covered? Are you going to talk about bullying and address bullying of gay kids?" And he said, "Absolutely, because it's a huge percentage of kids who are bullied." And then in this article written by Outsports, they said, "Okay, so none of these specific exercises address that. What's up with this, Billy Bean?" And he said, well, we cover it in the curriculum, but it seems to be covered in a very fuzzy way. And one of the reasons why it's really hard for them to rationalize or to back up that it's being covered is there are no out current baseball players. So they don't have anybody to speak from personal experience to these kids. So they're depending on local people from the school or students who want to speak up or something to kind of pick that up because they don't have anybody that's a current player to talk. Although I'm guessing that even if there isn't an out current player, there must be a current player with an out family member or friend or some way that it's affected their life. And look, I bet Sean Doolittle would talk about this. Maybe, maybe, but do we always have to depend on the same guys, right? right? I know, he's just too awesome and doing too much. So here's where I'm flagging a second problem that's raised a little bit by this out sports piece in that, so Billy Bean is quoted as saying, this is an important program because... You know, they need these guys as examples because kids are going to imitate what these players do. 
Well, okay, when we talked about this last summer, Trey Turner was the spokesperson for the Nationals for this program. And weeks later is when the whole Twitter mess of his his tweets from when he was in high school using homophobic slurs came up. Um, George Springer, who is of the Astros, not one of these teams, but did make a video to support this campaign. When he was my boyfriend last year, we talked about the fact that he grew up as a kid who stuttered and has a whole foundation to help kids learn um, learn different um, skills to combat their stuttering and is now doing work against bullying kids who stutter. And then he got punished by MLB just a few weeks ago for using an anti-gay slur. So I know it's hard. It's it's hard to find the right guy that doesn't have something going on. But come on, we got to be able to do better. I'm hoping because this is a, still kind of a new program and it's growing that they're going to grow in the right direction. But I appreciate OutSports flagging some current problems that hopefully they'll take back and work on. I hope so. Well, it's that time to wrap up the show and talk about our Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball League just a teeny, teeny bit. And not only are we recording in my basement, but my team is with me right here It's in really crowded. Basement. It is so crowded in this so basement. So many players. <laughs> Doe, I have just been asleep at the wheel. I think like the most damning statistic is that the point spread between me and the first place place is bigger than the points that I have by a lot. Math is hard, but boy, I get that one. I'm doing so much math. So I need to set a Saturday alarm clock to remind myself to look at my lineup. Uh, El Wombo is our first place player. He is seriously playing. He's in it. Even now that he is abiding by the boyfriend rules and everything, he's still cranking up Oh, he's that good. He's that good. And I appreciate him abiding by the rules. Thank you from the commish. Yeah. The leftovers, I sincerely apologize to for any insult slight from from last week. You don't look sincere really at all. I am honestly sincere. And they're like in second place lurking right there behind El Wombo and and you and Sarah are in this midway arm wrestle sort of between that mid spot you've got it like you're both right next to each other so we'll see what happens there and I will say Sarah is going with us on Memorial Day to watch Max Scherzer pitch so so Monday is Scherz Day here in Washington DC so maybe we'll do that arm wrestling right there in section 408 so that's the excitement I'm looking forward to this week hey I can take pictures of that I can get evidence and post it (laughs) And I bet you will, too. I will. I totally will. I hope you all have lots of baseball to watch in the coming week. And if you don't, please fill your free time with listening to No Crying in Baseball. Catch up on some past episodes. Tell your friends all about it. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a second to rate or review, that certainly helps. And we have a Patreon page. Check us at patreon.com slash no crying in b-ball. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash no crying and b-ball for lots of cool stuff and until then say good night potty mouth good night potty mouth <laughs> <laughs>